0: This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today we'll be discussing transitioning a landscape to only Mojave Desert native plants without any supplemental irrigation. Planting landscape plants still in their containers. Growing new cacti from pads cut from the mother plant. These topics and more on today's Desert Horticulture. Learn more about Desert Horticulture by signing up for my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's all one word, extreme horticulture, and starting with an X. Take some of my classes on Eventbrite if you're in the Las Vegas area. That's Bob Morris on Eventbrite. I'm transitioning to a landscape with only Mojave Desert native plants. Cacti, yuccas, agaves were planted early last spring and are doing well. Will this type of landscaping ever be free from irrigations like they are in the open desert? Well, my first question would be, do you like the way that plants look in the open desert? Because if if you're looking at those plants and you're saying, they could look a little bit better, a little bit prettier around my house, the only way that you're going to do that is with some irrigation and some TLC. If you're happy with the way that plants look in the desert, in the raw desert, Without supplemental irrigation, without any extra care, then you'll be fine. Another thing that you'll be missing in desert landscaping with Mojave natives is the shading of the house. And to do this requires um, some small trees. Native trees work just fine for doing that. Placed about half of their height away from the house on the south and west sides of that home when you're locating irrigation drip irrigation for these plants you'd want to locate it on the side away from the foundation if it's within about three feet of that foundation but i guess what i'm telling you is if you're looking at trying to establish a landscape a native landscape that requires no additional extra, no additional water. I think you're living a pipe dream. Uh, you're gonna, the, the addition of water is directly related to to some degree, to a limited degree, by the quality of the landscape materials. Then on top of that is fertilizer, our fertilizer applications if necessary. And then some TLC, and what do I mean by TLC? I mean, if a pad or something is looking bad, are you going to just let it rot? Are you going to just let it sit there and do whatever it's gonna do? Or are you gonna cut it off, remove it, and make the plant look a little bit better? Do you want to attract some hummingbirds, butterflies to your yard? This is gonna require planting some plants that maybe are not native to the Mojave Desert, or to the, at least to the, they may be native to the Desert Southwest, but not native to the, to the Mojave Desert. It may require that. It may require you adding a few extra things. When we're starting to talk about irrigating these native plants, now that's a little bit different. Some of these plants may require, a, would do better if they're irrigated on drip irrigation, and some of them may be better off if you don't don't put them on irrigation at all, but you just hand water them occasionally as they as they need it. But this is going to require some expertise on your part about what these plants look like and how much water you can add in order to get them to perk up and look a little bit better than they might if they're just left on their own. But when we're looking at the Mojave Desert, what we're looking at is a desert that supports with its rainfall being the lowest rainfall of all the deserts in North America and some of the lowest rainfall in the world. When we're looking at trying to get plants that exist on that kind of rainfall, the plants are going to be few and far between. They're going to be short in stature And they're not going to provide much shade. So if you want a landscape that's usable, if you want something that you can sit outside and enjoy some of the natural wildlife and native wildlife, you're going to require some irrigation. You know, animals are attracted to water as well as insects. And that can be very pleasurable. It can be pleasurable to have some of the native animals that, and insects that live in the desert come and use the water that you're providing. So a water feature in the desert is not even a bad idea. Instead of thinking about the raw desert, think about a mini oasis, Think about providing an oasis where plants can be grown around the home. Supplemental water can be given. Or you can create some water use areas, high water use areas, and some low or no supplemental water use areas. This is the landscape design of people like Warren Jones, in uh, Tucson, uh, the late Warren Jones in Tucson, where he devised a method, a landscape um, idea, concept called the mini oasis concept, where you focus on applying water where water is needed and where it can be used. Larger plants, different kinds of plants, plants that can do things that other plants perhaps can't do. Uh, Maybe a mixture of landscape plants. You could even have some things that maybe are out of the question. Maybe you've got a dog or a cat. Maybe you want to provide a, a small area that has grass they can cool themselves on. There are all sorts of reasons why you don't want to live in the raw desert but instead create a mini-oasis in the desert where animals and plants can congregate and you can use those plants for your betterment and your landscape betterment. So anyway think of water as a trade-off, a trade-off between landscape plants. You can, you can put in plants and eventually wean them off of extra water, but it's a question of whether you want that kind of landscape or not, whether you can tolerate that in and around your home. I see landscapers putting new plants in the ground without removing the black plastic pots. I see these same plants thriving and doing a whole lot better than some of my own which I have amended in planted in amended soil, and surrounded with mulch. And that really ticks me off. Well, it would tick me off too, but there's no reason at all that you can't have good-looking plants growing in the landscape. And I think the days are fairly long past, unless these landscapers are really ignorant, and unless they've just gotten their pickup truck and some shovels in the last few weeks, they know better than to plant trees and shrubs in plastic containers in the ground. I I don't know of anybody who does that anymore and even I'm suspect when I hear that story, that urban legend being tossed around, I'm really skeptical about it because the most ignorant of landscapers know that plants will not survive if put into plastic containers and those containers are planted in the ground. Now there are some exceptions and there is a, an exception uh, called a, called a uh, plant in pot or pot in pot production where in nurseries they actually have sunken uh, plastic containers into the ground that are going to survive a long time and then nestled containers of a similar size inside that same container. Now when you do that, that's specifically done because when you have landscape plants in a nursery wind is a big problem. When wind comes through, it knocks the plants over, and then you spend a lot of time in the morning straightening them up, putting the drip emitters back in them, just getting everything tidied up again. So there was a phase a few years ago, it's not being dot, done much anymore, where nurserymen were looking at taking a very hard look in pot, what are called pot-in-pot pot production. Or uh, double potting plants and putting them in the ground that way, but those plants that are put in the ground and uh, saved for a later time are grown to a certain point and then they're sold. They're not kept in the pound indefinitely, because if you put a plant in a plastic container and you put that container and plant in the ground, it's going to get root bound in a few years, and it can't be, once it's root-bound, once the roots have been turning on themselves, they really can't be pulled out of the container and put into the ground anymore. The plants, that that uh, plant is pretty well shot. You might as well throw it out and start over again. So plants in containers are meant to be one or two seasons only and then brought out again. So when we're growing plants in containers, in a landscape, for instance, and it's above ground, we have to pull them out of the container every couple, two, three, four years, shave off the roots, repot it, do some pruning of the top, reduce the size of the top, and then repot them again and put them back in the, inside the container. If we continue to grow them in the container year after year, after about maybe the third year, or so, those roots will get like I said, so root bound and twisted that the that the plant is not recoverable anymore. Don't even bother trying to put it in the ground and cutting the roots off and trying to straighten out. It's not going to work. So once plants have started to circle the roots strongly, uh, the the plant is is uh, a goner. So I <laughs> I think. The whole idea that landscapers are planting them in containers is more of an urban legend than anything else. But again, if it is being done, I hope it's done for a specific reason. And if you have landscapers that are planting them in the ground, they don't. Plants do not perform well once they've been planted in the ground and in the container as well. They may look good for a while, but it won't be very long until they're They're dead and gone. So I am growing new cacti from pads cut from the mother plant. You recommended I amend my soil with either compost or manure before planting the pads. I used a local planting soil which was cheap but not a good decision I discovered. Can I amend this soil and fix it? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with with your experiment, or your experience, I should say. It's not really an experiment, it's an experience. So what you've done is you've cut off the pads, you've put them in the shade somewhere to heal, hopefully oriented them upright and not left them on the ground, because if you leave them on the ground and you leave pads on the ground, they're going to curve they're going to curve upwards. So if you've taken the pads and you've cut them off, you'll go ahead and put them in the shade somewhere to heal for a couple of days before planting, maybe even up to a week. And in some cases, uh, some people will actually treat the cut ends with uh, copper sulfate, for instance, as a preventative uh, disease prevention fungicide uh, for planting. But anyway, you asked me whether uh, about uh, amending the soil, and uh, yeah, I learned my lesson on that because I I had uh, done a project with some faculty from the University of uh, Sonora in Hermosillo, and they had some cacti, some. Um, some of the uh, cacti that you eat, the eating cacti. The, the cacti that's used for eating is either fed to animals or it's uh, harvested for its pads, nopales or nopalitos, or it's harvested for the fruit, the fruitas or the the tunas, as they're called locally in Mexico. And uh, those are the three things that these things are usually uh uh, grown for. But uh, when we're harvesting these pads, we're severing it right at that joint, and that fresh cut is allowed to heal over, scab over, for a period of time in, a, in the shade, not in the sun. And once that's healed over, and then it can be planted. The soil is amended with compost, not a whole lot. But I learned that because uh, when I was working with the faculty and I had, uh, this is a number of years ago, when I did not need to have a permit to bring the plants across the border, but the, the, the propagation material, the pads. Uh, we brought them across and uh, I planted them, but I planted them in raw desert soil. I, I went ahead and dug up the soil into uh, beds and put them in and added water to them to get them to root. And the next year when the faculty came up to look at the progress, they said, why haven't they grown anymore? And I said, I don't know. Then they asked me, "What? how did I plant it? And I told them and they said, oh no, no, no. You'll want to add a little bit of, in their case, uh, fresh manure or manure to that soil in order to enrich it to give these propagation material, the pads, a, chance, a, a good fighting chance to start with. So I learned my lesson on that and I also triggered my understanding of uh, that desert plants, whether they're cacti, succulents, whatever they might be, natives, they do appreciate a little bit of compost or manure thrown into that soil, mixed into that soil at the time of planting. That soil amendment helps to break up the soil, enrich the soil, and gets them off to a pretty good start. So with that, I wouldn't recommend more than maybe 10 or 15% uh, compost added to that soil mix, volume to volume soil mix, but that is important to add it at the time of planting, let those uh, cut ends heal, and then go ahead and mix. Uh, water it in. Put those uh, those pads in about one-third of their length underground. Make sure the soil drains, by the way, and then water about every three weeks. Water it well the first time, then flood the area about three weeks later in the middle of summer. Uh, not any more than that, and you'll start to see some new growth coming from some some of the sides from it. Uh, there's a little bit more to it than that, but that generally will get you off to a, a pretty good start if you're doing that. But the uh, the soil, when you've amended it with amendments, it shouldn't be f- what we call fluffy. So when you've prepared the soil, you want that soil, when you walk across it, you don't want your shoes to sink more than about a half an inch into that soil. You don't want it fluffy so that your your shoes sink into the soil an inch. That's just way too much over-preparation. You'll want to dig it, get it, loosen it up, add that amendment, get it compacted if you have to, and then go ahead and plant in the soil after you're done uh, hardening that soil so it's not so soft. But anyway, yes. Now, as far as your soil is concerned, and you said you purchased some soil that's not the best, Well, it's really hard to say because there's some pretty bad soil out there being sold in some places. Um, Generally speaking, I would say you could add some compost to that soil. Most of the soil that I've seen sold as landscape soils in the Las Vegas area, uh, they're pretty deficient in, in the amount of compost that's in it. And that's too bad because the compost is not... Doesn't have to be that expensive. Uh, in addition to the soil, when you compare it to the to, to the good sand that might be used in preparing it, so add about 10-15% compost, mix it in, and use that for planting. The plants, all the plants, desert plants, non-desert plants, they'll all appreciate it. If it's non-desert plants, bump up the amount of compost higher to about closer to 30% rather than the 10 to 15% I mentioned earlier. But those native plants will, and cacti, succulents, they'll all appreciate the fact that there's compost present. So uh, that's about it. Thanks for listening. I hear the music starting up. So I hope you had a great time here, and uh, good luck with your growing in the desert.